Good morning, sunshine. Good morning. I wish we had some sunshine. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> For our listeners, a little bit of a uh, weather update in Milwaukee. We've got rain. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, we do. Which limits our uh, ability to go outside for our shelter in place. <laughs> uh, today we have an esteemed guest with us, a beloved professor at Concordia University, who not only is uh, the, the heart of our theater department, but also runs our theater. So uh, we're really excited to talk to her. Um, a little bit about her personal experience with COVID-19. Um, so welcome. Thank you. <laughs> I wish we could do this in person. Oh, of course. <laughs> Always. <laughs> Over some coffee. And, yes. uh, could you start out with just telling us a little bit about yourself? Sure. I am an associate professor of theater at Concordia University, where I've taught for 14 years. Um, I do head the theater program, and I also am a professional theater artist. Excellent. Okay. So can you tell us a little bit about where you live um, and, uh, you know, what's going on in your current world right now, um, you know, with your family, et cetera, uh, due to the uh, changes based on the pandemic? Yes, definitely. Well, I live in the Milwaukee area on the west side, um, near the west suburbs. And, uh, you know, it's interesting. In Milwaukee, I think, depending on which neighborhood you're in, there's a different COVID experience in reality. Um, you know, here our neighborhood's very pedestrian, so you still see a lot of people walking their dogs and taking mm -hmm. jogs and uh, families strolling with babies. And we certainly have been participating in that ourselves. We sort of look forward to our mm -hmm. daily dog walk. <laughs> um, but I would say our biggest change as a family, my husband is also a full-time teacher. He teaches special ed full-time. And so um, this reality of us both teaching online and then also being full-time teachers to our two children who oh, are wow. seven and 11. So I feel like I'm two times <laughs> full-time teacher. I teach college theater and I teach second and fifth grade. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. And additionally, I'm the lunch lady and <laughs> the <Recess> counselor. <laughs> oh, yeah. I bet you are the school counselor. An occasional referee. Art teacher. Gosh. I bet. I hope you got a big pay raise for all oh. of this. Uh, <laughs> this extra hugs and work. kisses. Hugs and kisses. <laughs> uh, can you tell us just a little bit more about just even what that what a day looks like <laughs> at your house? How it's set up? Do you have your uh, kids? Are they actively doing online learning? Are you yeah. know kind of what is that experience? Well, you know, it's interesting because you know, each district and um, in each school, you know, has a different format. And so their school initially mm -hmm. thought that they would be back after two weeks. Um, so they sent the kids home with a two week packet. <laughs> <laughs> and that's done. <laughs> and, right. And so then once that was done, then they segued online uh, quite hastily, as you can imagine. And so uh, it was a bit, a bit chaotic at first because, um, you know, there was them trying to figure out their online system. Um, and then they were setting up worksheets on Class Dojo. 
um, and yeah. Zoom meetings and things like that. So now that we sort of finally got into the rhythm of all of that, um, mm-hmm. you know, my husband and I have to coordinate when our Zoom classes are. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so whoever isn't in class is working with the kids. So we'll um, start them off with any of their worksheets um, and then we get them online. Um, my older child, fifth grader has to, you know, she works in her room at her desk. Mm-hmm. We keep second grade in a different area <laughs> so that neither of them gets distracted by the other. <laughs> and, um, you know, I think we've sort of worked it out where, uh, you know, mom does a lot of the the worksheet guidance and Mm -hmm. um dad is more tech savvy so he can handle some of the online Mm -hmm. um load and you know we just sort of have to pass it off and go back and forth and whoever isn't uh busy for lunch uh makes the lunch (laughs) yeah and you know we try to take time to to eat lunch as a family and then resume our work wow how are your uh, kids holding up? I mean, how are they dealing with it? What's, uh, you know, what are their, what's sure. their take on this? You know, what's interesting with four year gap, you know, mm-hmm. three and a half, four year gap between them, mm-hmm. you know, they have different needs. Our, our oldest is definitely comfortable working independently. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, she likes to engage with her friends at some point, you know, via, yeah social media or uh, playing games online together. Sure. Um, But she can self entertain and, Mm -hmm. and self motivate our seven year old. He's the one he really misses the face to face time. So Mm -hmm. he has to grab my phone and call any and every family member he can. (laughs) 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 Um, Oh, that's stinking sweet. Yes. And then uh, we've coordinated with some of his school friends, um, you know, get togethers via zoom parties and, um, you know, playing games online. And, and so, but he definitely misses that, that face-to-face time. And so, and, and gets more restless with staying Mm -hmm. in, which our weather doesn't always cooperate. No, I know. So that gets tough because then, you know, they can't always get outside and, you know, release in the backyard. They have to, find something indoors. So, yeah, I, I just heard the weather forecast, uh, the next, I mean, kind of cold today, but next week it's supposed to warm up and get sunny Yay. and <laughs> I think that will really help. Right. I mean, I know it didn't really coordinate nicely with the end of the semester. Wisconsin spring doesn't right. No, it doesn't, you know, <laughs> it just doesn't, but right. I heard, uh, government Evers has opened back up the state park. Yeah. And, uh, so, Hopefully you will get some right when I hope it's right when the kids are just at their wits end. Yeah, and we'll be able to be outside, <laughs> you know. Yeah, you know, it's interesting though. He our second grader asks some of the most existential questions related to the virus. Like, why did this have to happen? Why are people allowed to die? You know, so many people oh. questions like that that really, you know are those questions as parents that you both want to answer and yet dread answering? (laughs) Right. What are you saying? (laughs) (laughs) Ah, you know, it's, it's tough. It's trying to explain that, you know, the world 
has always consisted of times, you know, where mm -hmm. inexplicable things happen, you know. Yeah. Um, but, you know, we we seek to survive and, and um, mm -hmm. you know, man has, you know, triumphed over them, you know, even though mm -hmm. some are lost and, and um, you know, it's, it's really a time to also, you know, talk about faith and what that is, you know. Um, so it's led to just some very interesting conversations. Um, <laughs> yeah. uh, but, you know, that it doesn't necessarily mean it's a punishment, you know, because mm -hmm. I think, I think, you know, and, and quite honestly, that's where an adult mind could go to. You yes, know? exactly. Um, exactly. Yeah. But a child too, you would think, I mean, what else is there? Are, can a second grader make right. this? They're sent home <laughs> everything that they, you know, I'm, yeah. that they love and that they are look for, looking forward to their spring field trips, their, uh, exactly. you know, art class, whatever right. it is, their friends. Their friends. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, this <laughs> I, you know, we are in the middle and what is going to, what are we going to think in retrospect? Right. You know, what will this look like? What will your kids, I mean, this is such a defining moment, the scope of which, you know, we have no idea. What will they, exactly. you know, how will that impact the way they think the rest of their right. lives? I mean, these are their formative years. No. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, an earlier guest, I talked to um, a student on this podcast, we were talking about how there will always be a before and after, you know, this will always be a defined kind of like sure. the internet was for right. us, you know, yeah. before internet, after internet. <laughs> exactly. And, uh, wow. Yeah. Well, I hope I'm, I hope that it is going to be good, you know, that we mm. will look back and, and think of it. I hope that that will be from a perspective of not, there will be loss, of course, but I hope that there will also be gain. Right, absolutely. And I want you to talk a little bit, if you will, if you feel sure. comfortable about your faith. Uh, this mm -hmm. was a part of the podcast that um, definitely some of our uh, our guests have spoken sure. a bit about. Um, but if there's anything you wanted to share yeah. about even just your own, you know, challenges and struggles with sure. that, as well as, you know, the comfort that you might be receiving. Yeah. Um, well, you know, first, I, I, I just want to say that um, more than I, I think more than any time I can remember in, in recent years, I've, I've tried to very purposefully um, get more disciplined in my prayer life. Um, mm -hmm. you know, I always prayed, but, you know, like really just get mm -hmm. disciplined with it. Like, um, you know, don't leave any stone unturned. <laughs> like pray, um, yeah. you know, pray consistently and, 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 and pray, um, for, for those, you know, who are, who yeah. are needed. And one of the things that I try to do, because I, I love keeping up with current events and I, I love knowing what's going on. You know, um, I like to be informed. It informs also, you know, my art and what I do and who I am. But at the same time, I was finding that if I woke up and I read the news right away, um, mm -hmm. it could just start me in a, in a funky way. <laughs> and so yeah. I, you know, per very purposefully now, um, I have to grab a scripture um, or, you know, a devotional or something that is inspirational first um, before I start my day. Um, oh, that makes just, sense. I yes. Like that. Just to, to find that balance, you know, and to enter and to, mm -hmm. in it. And it's funny because it'll give you a perspective for the day. 
And it's something to kind of always go back to. It can really sort of anchor it. Um, but an interesting thing happened that sort of surprised me was that I had, um, you know, I've been trying to think of ways to inspire um, and encourage my students during this time because they're mm -hmm. so despondent, yeah. you know, right? understandably so. And um, so I had given them this optional writing assignment, um, you know, it's just more for, for, for extra credit for, you know, I told them, Hey, it's cathartic, if anything, <laughs> you know, and it right. was sort of like, I called it, what's your story. And so like, what were the things that led you into the theater? What, what sort of shaped you along the way in your formative mm -hmm. years? And so I, I led the example by writing my memoirs, um, Oh, that's what you were doing yes. that for. Oh, that's so yeah. Cool. Just just <laughs> leading up to college, so I didn't go into college. I just sort of took like the early years, and I'm writing mm -hmm. this story. And much of this story is just about you know the sort of trials and tribulation of you know grade school, middle school, high school, you know. And mm -hmm. um, through that, there was a sort of revelation about. Um, identity and um you know i really saw how god how we really can use the trials in our lives because you know I, at one point i look at it and i in, i inject a lot of humor into it that's just sort of my style and um, self-deprecation and all you know all those things and and through it though i'm like wow like i could look at that and say there was a lot of adversity you know and mm -hmm. and surely there was um but at the same time, I, you know, I thought about my mother's, uh, one of her favorite songs was the song Order My Steps, and which is based on the proverb. And I was like, wow, you know, that proverb of a man makes plans in his heart, but God orders his steps. And I saw that mm -hmm. as I'm writing this memoirs. I'm like, this didn't make any sense to me at the time. And it makes total right. sense to me now. And yeah. just to have <laughs> that perspective now, you know, of in the midst of the storms, you can't see through them, but it totally makes sense later. And, yeah. and I guess that really sort of um, was sort of like a balm to my soul in terms of what we're experiencing now is that later, you know, there, right. there will be these takeaways and there will be these things that shape you and prepare you for the next thing. Yeah. That's really, that's really beautiful. And I bet your students from just the act of storytelling, the, probably the nostalgia <laughs> that that brought up, you know, to look back, even though some, sure. pain, you know, but in their wise <laughs> old years of college, looking back on those <laughs> younger years, those golden oh, ages. Oh, sure. You know, if it I bet they really enjoy. Oh, that. well, I, I hope so. You know, I, I don't know. I don't know. I know. Um, you know, a couple of them express interest now in doing it. Um, if anything, it mm -hmm. made me uh, definitely miss the eighties. <laughs> I had a lot of fun describing Stop. that world, you know, to them as well. <laughs> yeah, that's fabulous. It'd be cool for them to even do like a storytelling hour yeah. or whatever, where they're, you know, you know how the moth does that, where they look back. I always love the project where uh, people read their old notes or their old sure, journals, right. you know, exactly. from like middle school or high school. It kind of reminds exactly. me of that. <laughs> Oh, that's really cool. 
well, as you know, this whole uh, project is based on the concepts of storytelling mm-hmm. and how telling those individual stories are uh, amazing ways for us to connect and to see sort of the universality right. in, in what is happening. And even every student that I talk to and every person on this podcast that are located literally across sure. the globe um, in all sorts of different positions, you know, some are uh, frontline essential workers, some are uh, athletes disrupted, some are living in Alaska, you know, I mean, it's just so, it's just amazing. But yet there's these common, you know, this common experience right. and your storytelling project too is, is asking your students to, to focus on that. I think that's really Thank cool. Thank you. Can you talk a little bit about uh, your own art? Mm-hmm. And I'm interested both in the art that you sure. are making, plus the, uh, the ways in which your uh, productions yeah. have been altered and kind of how I know we can't, we have no idea what right. the fall is going to bring right. us, but uh, just, yeah. you know, some of the pivots you've made and your hopes and yeah. ideas. Oh boy. You know, um, theater is such a interesting <laughs> discipline to have to turn into an online format <laughs> um, because so yes. much of it you know, relies on that communal aspect and feeding off of each other's energies. And, um, you know, and so for my, at least for my performance classes, you know, that initially sort of was a challenge because the students definitely want, wanted to meet face-to-face and wanted to meet as a class. And, you know, um, there are things that we can do in person that are harder to do online, obviously. Um, and scene work is such an integral part of what they enjoy about class. And so that has become soliloquies and, you know, <laughs> um, mm-hmm. um, but, which I told them, though, there's a benefit to that as well. I mean, theater is all about examining human need and human behavior. And so um, it might become a little bit more reflective this way, you know, and just one's own, mm-hmm. you know, um, self. But. Um, but certainly, you know, you can still it, you can still continue. Um, we had we were in the middle of a production of Medea, and um, we were I believe we were two or three weeks in. So we were at the halfway point. We had just finished Act One when mm-hmm. we um, you know got the news that we would have to cease, and um, this was very hard on many levels because I had um, all my seniors were involved in the show. Um, I have a student that is going into the army who can't return. Um, Yeah. And so, you know, the decision uh, and my team and I, you know, we had, you know, every day that week was like a new powwow about our next steps. What are our next steps? What are we doing? (laughs) Right. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. You know, it was like, okay, do we postpone till till May? Do we postpone till June? Mm -hmm. Oh, it looks like now none of that's going to happen. And um, all right. So then we settled on the fall. And, um, and of course, then it became seniors, you know, I wanted, I wanted the seniors to be able to retain their positions in the show. Um, and cause I knew that meant a lot to them. You know, this is a final performance for, for them. And, um, you know, and and so I wanted them to have that opportunity. And so then it was meeting with them. Can you guys come back? Can you resume your roles? And luckily, all of them can. Only the one student who's, you know, moving on to uh, basic training can't. Mm-hmm. Um, and so there are still elements 
on the production side of things that are legitimately up in the air. You know, we had an opportunity to have a show in the city at a hotel downtown in Milwaukee. And, and then, of course, right. we had to wait and find out because the hotel was also experiencing the same thing that week of like, what is our status mm-hmm. and what are what are we looking at? You know, and um, and so for now, a, a very tentative plan is to also resume that in the fall as well. But everything is sort of tentative. You know, we can only we can plan so much, play it by ear. Yep. You know, I've sort of taught um, my seniors, you know, I, I was trying to guide them because they have their senior capstones. I think that was one of the hardest. In fact, I would just say that was the Mm -hmm. hardest is that, you know, for an artist, your final capstone, that is the submission of your education, your, you know, your college years is, that's huge. And, um, you know, they had the research component and their research paper, but then they also had this original work that they were creating. Mm -hmm. And to not be able to do that in the time that they wanted to do it um, was hard. And so, you know, we've worked it out again where they're going to come back and show that work because, and they all decided, yes, we want to, we need to, we have to, you know. Um, Excellent. But what's been hard for them is like, well, how do you plan for something that has no guarantee? And you know, it's very good question, obviously. And, you know, I said, well, you know, as, as theater artists, we have to plan so far in advance anyways. Um, we can think something is guaranteed, but it isn't. You know, sometimes there are, I mean, live theater, there's so many variables. And sometimes you can lose the space that you were planning to have. Sometimes you can lose right. the rights. <laughs> you, you know, um, I've certainly <laughs> been a part of productions that have experienced all of those things. And um and so, you know, but you still have to plan and you still have to um, work towards it and have something to look forward to, you know. And and again, it's also just therapeutic to to work towards something. Um, mm-hmm. So that uh, so that's sort of where we're at at this this, um, you know, we're planning for these events to continue in the fall. Um, but, you know, we also have to be flexible uh, in case that changes um, you know, we can only control what we can control. <laughs> um, so yeah, and it was, um, you know, it was a, a piece that I had devised as well. So I, I also was like, yeah, I really want to do this. <laughs> I spent a lot of time. Of course. I, I spent a lot to of time it. on yeah. it too. And, you know, I'd like to, I'd like to, you know, feel that element of completion once, you know, the production actually, you know, runs. <laughs> Um, but, uh, yeah, so lots of variables to consider. <laughs> mm-hmm. Right. A moving target. Exactly. I would like to take sure. this in a slightly different direction. If yeah. your time is allowed, well, we're, we're how, great. How are you doing for time? <laughs> okay. Excellent. Um, I know that you mentioned a bit about, uh, earlier mm-hmm. on in our conversation about the different yes. areas of Milwaukee experiencing, COVID-19 in different ways. And, um, uh, and obviously that's a concern of mine as well as a Milwaukee resident and, you know, and me keeping my eye on, um, just sort of what this story as it's Mm -hmm. unfolding is revealing about our city, which is already a story that we know quite well. Um, and you have shared, uh, some, uh, work done by our, our, 
CUW yes. alumni, Reggie Jackson, um, on uh, the different racial right. disparities uh, that are being, again, uh, exactly. just highlighted with what's happening. And I was just wondering if you could speak a little sure. to that and your, uh, your thoughts or concerns or experiences um, as you've traveled through the different areas without around our city. Yeah, it's been, oh, it's just been so interesting how the pandemic has exposed uh, a variety of divisions, you know, the racial disparities, the economic disparities, the political right. <laughs> disparities, and, mm-hmm. um, and how you can in our city almost um, see those per neighborhood. Um, you know, I live... Yeah about five minutes, five to 10 minutes drive from Brookfield, you know, the big rally, mm-hmm. you know, that the big protest right. um, for opening everything back up. And I shop, mm-hmm. um, I do a lot of my grocery shopping in, you know, Wauwatosa, which is right next to me and, um, and sometimes in Brookfield and, you know, people are out and about and there's a lot of people unmasked and, um, mm-hmm. you know, and then if I go into the city, uh, there are whole swaths mm-hmm. of neighborhoods where you see no movement. You don't see people walking their dogs. You don't see children outside you. Um, and, um, I experienced this a little bit through even my kids, uh, new school and, um, you know, the children that they go to school with who have a completely different reality, um, of being definitely confined to inside because they have, uh, you know, a lot of people in um, minority communities know someone who is sick or yeah. know someone who has died. Um, my right. sister's neighbor died uh, from COVID. And, um, you know, just seeing how many cases are in those neighborhoods um, very different reality. So you don't always see a lot of people out and about seemingly enjoying their um, confinement. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, right. You just see them confined, right? And, um, you know, there are children that have to rely on the um, lunch to go programs in the city. And so, um, you know, you can see those lines at some of the public schools. In, in, in the area and um, or who don't have parents at home to help them Zoom, you know, with their classes. So right. um, and my husband sees this at his job as well. And so, um, you know, not everybody can. It, it's it, there's almost like a tale of two cities, you know, um, mm-hmm. where you have, you know, these kids that don't have access to these things that don't have Chromebooks at home. Um, right. who, whose education is really, truly disrupted. And um, right. some of them have unsafe situations at home. Um, that's reality that my husband deals with more than, than I do, of course, you know, um, because he teaches elementary and um, a lot of these kids right. had to go home to um, situations that were unsafe or are in group homes. And um, and then have to worry about the virus, you know, because there's uh, right. very um, limited ways to protect them, you know, in those situations. So um, there's a tangible fear that has been rippling through certain networks of people um, because they are seeing people in their community die and get sick. Um, 
it's also reached me in the form of my relatives in St. Louis that experienced a very similar thing. And right. my grandmother who had to be moved, she's 94, had to get moved out of her senior center for because the virus was spreading through there. And mm -hmm. um, so she was moved to live with a cousin of mine that lives in the country in Missouri in the Ozarks. Yeah. Oh, I'm happy for that. <laughs> you know, um, so I... It's funny because your conversations can also vary <laughs> with different different groups of people. Um, and I, you know, in, in terms of I think the data that Reggie has shown, um, you know, I'm glad that those disparities are out there, you know, in our news and our local news. Um, I just I just hope it resonates um, that, you know, we can all kind of collectively come to a place of um, we need to do something about this. <laughs> you know? Like we really what yes. can we do? We need to do something about this. <laughs> um, mm -hmm. So, yeah. So it's just been very interesting hearing, you know, different people, the different realities in the stores. Some stores have, you know, the six feet spaced yes. apart. Other stores don't. I remember going to a century in the city where everybody was piled on top of one another in line and, you know, having that yes. moment of, is this safe? <laughs> um, and that was like the one time I made the run because usually my husband does. Um, and then I regretted it. <laughs> but yes. yeah, so just different, different realities for sure. Something I'm struck by as I'm hearing you talk throughout this entire interview is your care that you're doing for everyone else, like the care for your kids, your, mm -hmm. your husband too, of course, you know, helping with that, your care for your uh, community, your care for your students and your worry about them. And I just wonder, I know you mm -hmm. touched a little bit on faith, but uh, also how you're caring for yourself. Um. Yeah. <laughs> or are you? <laughs> well, and you know, you, you you touched on it, which is, I think, um, you know, I don't want to generalize and say this is what women do, but you know, you tend to think of everyone mm -hmm. else. And, um, yes, and, exactly. And so I do have to remember to take care of myself. I mean, I've been trying to, um, you know, as I said, I've been trying to um, increase my prayer life, but I've been also trying to physically. Um, you know, make sure I'm walking and moving and um, exercising, you know, for my mental health and, um, you know, just to kind of com combat the, the blues. You know? and, um, right. But uh, I, I try to um, connect to friends um, and and see how they're doing. And even some long-term, long time, you know, friends that I had, you know, that I, I'm not necessarily, I don't talk to regularly. Um, but, you know, mm -hmm. I, I've had some friends, I have quite a few friends that live in New York and um, reconnecting with them. Like, what is, how are you doing? What is your reality? And their reality is yeah. like <laughs> a whole different, you know, ball game. Um, when I talk to them, it right. very much is, yes, these people have died. Um, yes, I've been sick. Um, you know, my family has been sick. You know, it's everybody in the city um, wow. is definitely in the trenches, you know, in some way, shape or form across races, across, you know, class. And, um, right. and so anyway, so that, that, that actually helps 
me with, you know, focusing on the things I should be grateful for. And um, that's mm-hmm. been something we've been trying to do as a family is really sort of focus on the blessings, like counting our blessings. Um, you know, what is good? <laughs> um, wow, mm-hmm. look, kids, look at this house full of things for us to do. I mean, there is no shortage of games mm-hmm. and, <laughs> and it's snacks and <laughs> snacks. puzzles. And, you know, no one is quarantined in a room right now communicating via phone, you know, so yes. um those those right. little it's it's definitely I'm trying to focus on the little things and trying to um just be grateful. And I feel like I am developing more of a gratitude and appreciation for what I do have. Mm-hmm. Well, I know a lot of different families have shared um, that even though the well, some of my students have commented on their yeah. uh, family time and how <laughs> this is more family time definitely. than they've ever had. And, <laughs> and definitely the, you know, the little fights and aggravations that come along with that. But they have said, and I'm sure that there are parents everywhere that are hanging on to these precious moments. Um, you know, I think about your oldest and she's getting yeah. ready to just launch into, you know, her oh. middle school, high school, right. you know, departure away. And she will be so busy and full of life and doing all of her cool things. But, you know, this is a time where, uh, you know, where you uniquely are all together for an extended yeah, period absolutely. of time with family. So it is. I, I mean, it's a time cool. that we as a family generally don't have. <laughs> um, so because mm-hmm. our hours right. can get pretty crazy. And so um, this has been really nice to to have that time and to um, learn how to value it, <laughs> which I think is a learning mm-hmm. lesson for all. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yes. The difference between your uh, your son and daughter age difference is the same as between my brother and, I, and I'm trying to think about how I already had him yeah. outside at all times and how an extended period oh, sure. been yeah. challenging yeah <laughs> well I really appreciate you sharing your stories with us and um Keep up the good fight there. Keep up the faith. And uh, hopefully we will be yeah. um, colleagues again <laughs> and at, at right. the actual face university in the fall. <laughs> but Absolutely. until then, we'll do the best Thank we can. Thank you so much. Thank you for this project. I think All right, it's wonderful. <laughs> oh, I, I really enjoyed <laughs> I it <bet>. selfishly. <laughs> Me too. Thanks. All right. Have a great day.
Welcome to the podcast, Chronicles of a Contagion, a collection of stories capturing the individual experiences of people as they navigate life during the COVID-19 global pandemic. I'm Stephanie Gaudet, an associate professor at Concordia University, Wisconsin, and a believer in the incredible power of stories to shape the worlds that we live in. If you have a story you'd like to add to this archive, please contact me at stephanie.gaday at gmail.com. S-T-E-P-H-A-N-I-E dot G-U-E-D-E-T at gmail.com.